ان الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونعوذ بالله من شرور انفسنا ومن سيئات اعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له اشهد ان لا اله الا الله وحده لا شريك له واشهد ان محمدا عبده ورسوله صلوات الله وسلامه عليه اما بعد يا ايها الذين امنوا اتقوا الله حق تقاته ولا تموتن الا وانتم مسلمون يا ايها الناس اتقوا ربكم الذي خلقكم من نفس واحده وخلق منها زوجها وبث منهما رجالا كثيرا ونساء واتقوا الله الذي تساءلون به والارحام ان الله كان عليكم رقيبا يا ايها الذين امنوا اتقوا الله وقولوا قولا سديدا يصلح لكم اعمالكم ويغفر لكم ذنوبكم ومن يطع الله ورسوله فقد فاز فوزا عظيما اما بعد فان اصدق الحديث كتاب الله واحسن الهدي هدي محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم وشر الامور محدثاتها وكل محدثه بدعه وكل بدعه ضلاله وكل ضلاله في النار ثم اما بعد يا عباد الله الحمد لله على نعمه الاسلام والسنه all praise and thanks belong to Allah for guiding us to Islam and for guiding us to the Sunnah. Allah Subhanahu wa ta'ala fi kitabihi al-kareem ya ayyuhalladhina amanu qū anfusakum wa ahlīkum nāra wa qūduhan nāsu wal hijāra 'alayhā malā'ikatun ghilābun shidād لا يعصون الله ما امرهم ويفعلون ما يؤمرون يا عباد الله الله سبحانه وتعالى he says in his noble book what translated means o you who believe now when the believer hears the like of this address then they should know that Allah سبحانه وتعالى is addressing those who have iman those who truly believe in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala so it should behoove every single believer to pay very close attention because what's going to follow is either going to be a command or is going to be a prohibition ala kullin what follows is going to be a great affair Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in this ayah he addresses those who believe and he says what translated means o you who believe Oh you who believe protect yourselves protect yourselves and your family from a fire it is incumbent that we realize the reality of this situation and we reflect upon the order in which the command comes because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala he commands us to protect ourselves first and foremost how does one protect themselves how does one safeguard themselves 
They safeguard themselves with fi'l awabir wajtinab al-nawabi. They safeguard themselves by doing and fulfilling those commandments and by staying away from and avoiding the prohibitions. This is how an individual saves themselves by obeying Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. This is how an individual saves themselves by obeying the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. This is how an individual saves themselves by doing that which they are supposed to do. This is how an individual saves themselves by believing correctly, by having the right methodology. This is how an individual saves themselves. It is incumbent, ya ibadullah, that we strive on saving ourselves. Because, al-fatibul shayn la Because the one who is deprived of something, then they will be incapable of giving it. If you don't have it, you will be incapable of giving it. If you yourself are not concerned with saving yourself, then you will be incapable of saving others. And it wouldn't make sense anyway that you help to save others while you yourself are destroyed. It wouldn't make sense anyway. You help others go to the Jannah while you yourself have to go to the Naab. It makes no sense. So it is incumbent that we strive to save ourselves. It is incumbent that we strive to protect ourselves from that fire. And that we strive to protect our families. Likewise, not just that we save ourselves and that we are stingy and we don't care about anyone else and it's on them to do what they have to do. But no, but rather we strive and we have a concern that others also are benefited. That others also are guided. Now, this is the way of the believer. This is the way of Ahlul Sunnah. This is why when you hear statements from the ulama, the likes of Ahlul Sunnah, Arhamun Nas bin Nas, that the people of the Sunnah, they are the most merciful of the peoples of the people. This is because Ahlul Sunnah, they want good for everyone. The Jameer, for everyone. They want everyone to be upon guidance. They want everyone to be upon that which is correct. They want everyone to be upon the sunnah of Mustafa sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. This is why the believers commanded to call to good and forbid evil. So that others also benefit. They benefit and others also benefit. And this is what we are taught. This is what the deen of Islam puts upon its practitioners. That we share the benefits. That we become sources of benefits. Have you ever heard the dua? اللهم اجعلنا مباركا حيثما كنا Oh Allah make us blessed wherever we may be The ulama they explain that what is meant by being blessed wherever you may be Is that you are a source of benefit wherever you are Wherever you are anywhere inside the earth You are a source of benefit Calling people to what is good Forbidding them from what is evil Calling them to what is right Preventing them from what is wrong Calling them to the guidance Warning them and cautioning them from misguidance. This is the way of the believer. So if this is the way of the believer, or movement in general, then of course as relates to his family, the believer is going to want to make sure that their family is upon that which is correct. It is incumbent, ya ibad, because how many khutb do we hear? How many sermons do we hear? How many lectures do we hear? And they come in one ear and they go out the other ear, unfortunately, in many cases. It is incumbent that we listen and that we take from it the best of it and then we seek to implement it and we seek to put it into our daily life so that we see it. So my question is now, I don't want you to sit down and listen just to the ayah that I'm pretty sure we've all done heard before. My question is for you to question yourself, what are we doing to safeguard and protect ourselves from the fire? What are we doing? 
What is our game plan? To save God and protect ourselves from the fire. And then I want you to reflect. What are we doing? And I'm saying we because all of us, all of us are on the hook for this one. All of us, we are responsible and will be questioned about the likes of this. All of us who have families will be questioned. All of you are shepherds. All of you are shepherds. And all of you are what? Then you are responsible. Mas'ul and ra'iyat. All of you are responsible for your flock. Mas'ul, meaning you will be asked. You will be asked about your flock. So what are we doing to safeguard and protect our families? What are we putting forward to safeguard and protect our families? I want you to reflect. What are we doing for our children? Are we concerned? Because that which we safeguard ourselves with is that which they will be safeguarded with. That they do the commandments in which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has commanded them to do. That they stay away from that which they have been commanded to stay away from. That they fulfill the rights to those who have rights. That they believe correctly in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That they are upon the sunnah of Mustafa sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. That their methodology it is correct. What are we doing to ensure that they are able to fulfill the aforementioned things? What are we striving to put in place to make sure that they are able to go and learn about these things? Or are we unconcerned as relates to their Islamic education? When it comes to the dunya and the secular education, you will find people asking their children about their homework, asking their children about their projects, asking their children about this essay or that book report, asking their children about this test or that test, spending money for test preparation, be it for the SAT or be it for whatever test that these children have to take. They have concern for that. But when it comes to their deen, when it comes to their religion, where is the concern to make sure their children believe correctly? Where is the concern to make sure their children upon tawheed? Where is the concern to make sure their children upon the sunnah of Mustafa sallallahu alayhi wa sallam? Where is the concern that their children know who is Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam? That they know about his biography, that they know about his life, that they know about his interactions, that they know about the way in which he used to believe, the way in which he used to worship, the way in which he used to interact with the people, so on and so forth. Where is that? Where is that? Where is our concern to make sure our children are well educated about the Sahaba? The Sahaba, those are their role models. We heard khutbah about following the Quran. Have we made and took an invested interest to make sure our children are learning the Quran? Not just memorizing it. No. But that they understand what they are memorizing. They understand what they are carrying. Because any donkey can carry books. But it doesn't benefit the donkey. If you want to make yourself like a donkey by just carrying information, then you know the way to do it. But if you want to benefit like the human being, then you have to implement what you know. You have to implement what you, what you know, and that starts by understanding what you have memorized. Understanding what you are studying, so that you can act upon it. So where are we? Where is our concern to make sure that our children have this? Where is our concern to make sure that our children know about their role models? Know about the Sahaba? How many of them can they can run off to you the name of this one, the name of that one, be it from a sports figure, entertainer, whoever, they can name you their names and something about their background, but at the same time they can't name to you Shin Sahaba. And you're upon the way of the Salaf, you're upon the way of the Sahaba, and you don't even know who Sahaba are, you don't know anything about their background, you don't know anything about their striving, you don't know anything about their sacrifice, you don't, you don't know anything about their virtue and about their special characteristics and qualities and so on and so forth, then how can you be inspired about them? How can they be an inspiration for you if you don't know anything about them? 
How can it be an inspiration for our children if they don't know anything about them? So now what are we doing to make sure our children learn about them? You see, it comes back to you. What are we doing to make sure that our children are learning about them? So that they can be inspired by them. What are we doing to make sure that our children are learning correctly? Yeah, it is incumbent and it is a must that we contemplate deeply and sincerely and earnestly over the likes of these things and then we get to work, we get motivated. We have to have on our minds the following in the next generations. We have to be concerned for them. It is not just about what we are doing here in this present time, but we have to have a concern for the future. And preparation for that future begins by today, working today, now in the present. Because this is the only frame and period of time that we really have to work with. This is the only malleable period of time. Because the past is over. It's gone. We can't change it. We can't go back and alter it. We cannot edit it. The future has not come yet. We may not make it there. We may not see it. So the only period of time that we really have to work with and that we can actually work with is now, the present. So we have to capitalize on the present. The righteous, they have a concern for their future generations. It's not just about what they're doing. Let us take some examples. Allah Ta'ala, He says, وَإِذْ يَرْفَعُ إِبْرَاهِيمَ When Ibrahim and Ismail, when they rose, the foundation of the base of the Kaaba. When they rose the foundations of the Kaaba, what were they saying? Rabbana tuqabbal minna, O our Lord, accept this from us. Accept it from us. Now, so you saw a concern for what they were presently doing. Because you have to have a concern for what you're presently doing. Now, to make sure that you're doing it upon the best manner. To make sure you're doing it correctly. Begging Allah to accept it from you. So they said, O oh, our Lord, Accept from us. Accept it from us. Verily, you are the all-hearer, the all-knower. You are the all-hearer, the all-knower. Oh, our Lord, make us Muslimain left. Make us believers. Make us those who have submitted themselves unto you. They will make a dua for themselves. Now, because you got to make dua for yourself. And this is from the... This is from... The edit of making dua. That's if you're going to make dua, make dua for yourself. And then make dua for others. Now, make dua for yourself and then make dua for others. So they said, Oh, our Lord, make us, make us those who have submitted themselves unto you. Make us true Muslims. Now, make us true Muslims. Women, Duriyatina, Ummatan, Muslimatan, left. And from our progeny, make them true Muslims. 
Make them a nation of true Muslims. Make them a nation of Muslims. So they had a concern for what? For their offspring. So they thought about making dua for themselves, and then they made dua for their offspring. They had concern for themselves and for their offspring. This is the way of the believer. Now I want you to reflect. Because it's easy to get lost. I want you to reflect by looking back at the situation on the ground. For those who don't know, then you will come to know. For those who know, then you will be reminded of what you already know. Look on the ground. How many Muslim youth are we losing? How many have joined gangs? How many have been lost to the streets? How many have been lost to quote-unquote intellectualism? Those who haven't fallen victim to the streets, they go away to these colleges, and now they come back only in believing in that which they can qualify. So they become apostate, they become agnostic, they don't want to believe in Islam because they can't qualify, they can't, they can't intellectualize it. Who taught them that? The professors in the college, of course. They didn't learn that in the masjid. They didn't learn that in the house. They learned that when they went off to the school. So they didn't get caught victim. They weren't victims to the streets. They were victims to academia. Subhanallah. How many children do we have to lose? How many generations do we have to lose before we wake up? Look back into the annals of history. Look back into the annals of history. Never have the Muslims been a minority in a non-Muslim society except that within 100 years their offspring became kuffar. This is the history. The only exceptions that we have to this are in those places where the Muslims, they segregated themselves, meaning that they lived predominantly in one area. Not saying they were 100% of the area, but they were the majority in their areas. They had control over their communities because they had businesses, they had establishments, they all lived there. So they were able to pass their money and their resources amongst themselves. This is just an example to show what is meant by community. Not that we all just live in a neighborhood, we all live on the same cul-de-sac, then that's it. No, but that we all have that, and then when we go shop, we shop with the Muslims. When we go to the mechanic, it is a Muslim. When we go to the bakery, it's a Muslim. The masjid is right there, so a Muslim. The point is, is that your children are able to be around those who are like them, believe like them, or on what they are upon. So it's easier to hold on to the religion. The only exception that we have to this are in those places where the Muslims have done this, like in China, like in India, so on and so forth. But in those places where the Muslims, where they mixed, within a hundred years they were gone. Their offspring were kufar. Look at Spain. Look at those Muslims, Arab, that came to the Caribbean. Look at the Turkish Muslims that came here over a hundred years ago. If you look for their offspring, their offspring not even Muslim. Is that what you want for your offspring? No? That's not what you want? Then what are you doing to make sure that that's not the case? What are you doing to make sure that that's not the case? What are your efforts? What are your efforts to date to make sure that's not the case? You see? I want us to challenge ourselves because we are dealing with real situations. I want us to think and to reflect so that we can take to action. I want us to think and to reflect so that we can put something forward for our children and for our children's children. And our children's children's children. And grand, 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 all the way down until Allahu Ali. What are you doing for them? What are you doing to help them?
person come and they say, we'll make hijrah our fight. They could. But is everyone going to? No. So now what are you doing to help your brothers and sisters who are not able to? What are you doing to help perhaps members from your own family who will not be able to? What are you doing? Because as we see, our deen is not a deen that is selfish. Our deen is not a deen that just concerns just us, just ana, 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 la. But we have concern for ourselves and we have concern for others. We have concern for the believers. So this is my question. This is my standing question that I want you to respond not in word but by action. I don't want to hear your response. I want to see your response. If we didn't do anything up until this point, that's okay. That's fine. We have time. We can change it. So let us start from today to work on changing it. Let us start from today to work on that goal. To work on establishing something that is real. Establishing something that helps our children hold on to their religion. Not leaving it to the wolves so that they are taken uh, and, and made victims of. Not leaving them to the melting pot so that they melt and now they're indistinguishable from the rest of the ingredients therein but that which helps them and aids them and assists them in holding on to their religion. That's what we have to do. And then after that, Allah guides who he pleases. But you want to be able to come in front of your Lord, Yom Al-Qiyamah, and to say that I tried and I did everything I could possibly have done. If they went astray, that's on them. I did everything that I can possibly do for them to make sure that they were upon that which is correct. You want to be able to stand in front of your Lord and to say that. I leave you with this last question. To date right now, if you died right now, could you comfortably stand in front of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and say that? Okay,